Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The Lightning basically body slammed the Canadiens in Game 1 of the Stanley Cup Final last night in Tampa by a 5-1 count. Nikita Kucherov with a couple of goals didn't really ever feel like the outcome was in doubt. That should have been a pretty big story in the hockey world, you know? But Gary Bettman talked before the game, and that never goes well, does it? Good morning, good morning, Tuesday morning to you. This is Daily Shot of Penguins. Comes your way bright and early every weekday morning. If you're into football and or baseball, I also offer up Daily Shots of Steelers and Pirates. Gary talked. Never goes well. Run through the whole list of stuff that would have been discussed, and he just gets a zero right down to the last vacant box. And on the subject of being vacant, this was his response when he was asked about the caliber of officiating that he's seen through these Stanley Cup playoffs. The teams will decide how they want to play a series. And unlike the regular season, uh, when you're playing series, uh, multiple games, there are adjustments that go on. I think we saw more of that this year when teams were playing divisional play and, and multiple games against the same team in a row. Uh, we believe that the officiating standard is and should be called consistently. Overwhelmingly, it is. Uh, but the stakes get higher and our players ramp it up. I think that's the nature of the competitiveness of our game. Uh, by the way, I think our competitive balance both in the regular season and the playoffs is extraordinary. I think it's the best in all of sports. Uh, and our fans overwhelmingly tell us that they like the product. This is real. This is something that came from the mouth of the person ultimately responsible for governing this beautiful sport. He's watching. I think these games he's watching the cross checks the trips the slashes this is the stuff that hasn't gotten called it's been a bizarre playoff in that sense because it has not been about obstruction 
not getting called. If you hold somebody, you put a free hand on somebody, you're going to the box. If you commit interference, chances are really good you're going to the box. If you hack someone, if you crack your stick across their back, and I'm only beginning to describe the stuff the Habs were doing to Nikita Kucherov, who's become the ultimate punching bag here in hockey over the last couple of weeks. And you've got referees standing within six or seven feet of this happening to Kucherov, looking right at it, and their arms don't flinch. That, to me, is the dead giveaway. You will occasionally see a referee who has a little bit of a hesitation. You'll see the arm kind of, maybe even just the shoulder wiggle or a little movement. Nothing. Nothing. They are close enough not only to see what's happening, they can hear it. They can hear the authenticity of the contact of the stick against the human and their arms don't flinch this did not occur in the national hockey league by accident this portion of daily shot of penguins is brought to you by fubo tv the monthly cost of cable is over 200 bucks fubo tv is 65 bucks a month to watch all the same channels including at&t sportsnet pittsburgh Fubo TV right now is offering our listeners of this podcast a seven-day free trial and 15% off your first month by going to FuboTV.com DK. One more time, 15% off your first month by going to FuboTV.com DK. I don't believe for a second that Bettman brings Stephen Walkham and all the referees into his office in New York and says, All right, guys. We're about to have a big playoff here, and we're going to be on ESPN and TNT and whatever other network paid money for us next year, and we really want to show them that we can bludgeon each other with our sticks. No, that's not how this goes. What does happen is that early in the playoffs, you will have some referees, not all, who will let stuff like that go because it's quote-unquote playoff time. And everything like that is just supposed to be rougher and tougher and you're going to have to deal with it. I've heard and seen referees over the years tell players, look, there are certain times of the game or there are certain parts of the rink where you're just going to have to take it. Notably the front of the net, but also based on the score, based on what period it is. None of this, none of this is in the rule book. None of this is, like, even hinted at in the rule book you know the rule book that still exists and is still the official guideline 
for the way these games are supposed to be called. And then it gets away. And then it slips a little more. And then it slips a little more. And Stephen Walkham, the head of officiating, he's supposed to jump in and say, Hey, what's going on here, guys? That is when the league, and I'm always thinking it's Colin Campbell. This was the person who used to run, for those of you who don't know this, uh, the player safety department. I mean, he was the player safety department. He was the guy that administered, or more accurately, didn't administer any supplemental discipline because that's just hockey kids. He's still floating around the offices like, like Milton in the basement, just no one knows why he's still there. No one knows what it is exactly that he does, but he's still there. And I can see Colin Campbell saying, "You know what? This is this is all right. You know, this is this is tough hockey. You know." And telling Wacom to lay off, knowing that he's got Bettman's blessing. This is just my supposition here based on my years of knowledge related to the National Hockey League's workings. I could be completely wrong, but I really don't think so. That's just what this league is. That's what this league is. And it's run by that guy who had the audacity to say that thing today just a couple hours in advance yet another poorly officiated game. Only this one on what's supposed to be the sport's greatest stage. When we come back, just one question. Welcome back. It's time for Just One Question, and that's brought to you always by the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank, where they're committed to providing food for all of our neighbors in need across western Pennsylvania, and they in turn need your help. Visit pittsburghfoodbank.org to find out how $1 from you translates into five meals, full meals, distributed, delivered to those in need. $1 equals five meals. Go to pittsburghfoodbank.org. Org. Question comes from Bob, who says, First time caller, long time listener. I appreciate that. What does your gut say about the Penguins' goalie plans next year? Lots of speculation. What do you see in the crystal ball? I addressed Marc Andre Fleury at length yesterday and mostly reach the conclusion that that won't happen. There's a lot of reasons why it won't happen, but chief among them is the complication that comes from the salary cap on both ends, on the Vegas end and on the Pittsburgh end. I think it's far more likely, Bob, that you're going to see someone like a Peter Mrazek uh, Linus Allmark. Uh, these are good, 
I was about to say middle-aged goaltender. That makes them sound like they're 50 years old. You know, middle-aged meaning they're not too old in hockey, they're not too young in hockey, those kinds of guys, like around the 30 range. Those are the ones that I think would be good to bring in, uh, that would be good to bring into the mix because in any of their cases, you're going to have someone come in who's, A, not going to cost a ton. The market's just overloaded with goaltending this summer as you're about to see there's so so much to pick from and that means the prices are going to be driven down same way it works in any free market but i'm kind of holding out hope can i just share this and, and this is irrational and, and and sometimes you know i'll try to base a viewpoint on you know nothing but the hard numbers and analytics and you know best of all is when it's you know news you know you've actually picked up a whisper here or there my guy is Jonathan Quick and i know i know okay i i've seen his numbers his save percentage dropped considerably with the kings particularly over the past year and change but he's Jonathan Quick man and i understand nobody stays the same age forever. Nobody performs at the same level forever except for Tom Brady. But Quick is still a good goaltender who I feel was in a bad situation in L.A. I felt the same way, it should be noted, about Jeff Carter. Carter was kind of the old winger who was caught in a weird spot because the Kings are trying to bring along some other players, particularly center, so he got bumped over and they were doing a lot of mixing of really young and really old, which rarely works. And the whole Kings thing faded away a long enough time ago that you kind of look at them and go, what are they still doing with with Quick and Drew Doughty and Andre Kopitar and, of course, Carter when he was there. And then when you see Carter leave and he does really well, and then you see Tyler Toffoli leave and he does really well, like arguably better than Carter because his was over a longer span. Toffoli's played a really, really big part in Montreal getting to the final. And you think to yourself that maybe just the L.A. thing got kind of stale. You know, I, I find that plenty plausible. And if you were to bring Quick in, and again, you have ample opportunity to do whatever uh, mental scouting you'd have to do. Like, where's his head? What's he thinking? Is he still hungry? Does he still want it? Um, the stuff that Ron Hextall spoke openly about having to do and wanting to do uh, with Carter well, Hextall had the advantage of having been with the Kings. Well, Hextall also knows Quick, which means that, for all I know, Hextall might think this is a terrible idea, okay? But he would at least know there'd be certainty, or as close as you can come to certainty. He also could consult Carter himself, or have Carter help in the process if that ends up being the guy that you want. He's someone older. He could, as happened to him with the Kings, 
be cast into something of a backup role. But if you needed to turn to him in a playoff, the one guarantee you'd have and the one guarantee the Penguins needed the most in this past playoff was that your goaltender wouldn't be shivering under a desk when it got serious. I feel like that's a criteria that I'm valuing more than what I had mentioned earlier about Mrazek and Allmark and those kinds of guys. I want somebody who I know can come in in game two after Jari has a sequel to game one from last year and say, all right, everybody, the grown-ups are here. I'd be okay with that. Plus, he probably wouldn't cost much, so he wouldn't damage your cap situation. Penguins have a really good hockey team, as is. They just need a goaltender who can handle that setting. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Penguins, and we'll do another one tomorrow. Mm-hmm.